0: What does it look like to really follow after the Spirit in conjunction with pursuing a Torah-observant life in the Spirit and nature of Jesus?
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jody O'Dell, and this is Walk Like a Hebrew. On this podcast, I talk to followers of Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah, about how and why they came to be living by the whole Bible, which includes both keeping the commandments of God and having the testimony of Yeshua, which we see in the book of Revelation in chapters 12 and 14. My guest today is Ira Malone of South Carolina. Ira is one of those Torah-keeping believers who has not completely left his charismatic Sunday-keeping church life, but instead has woven the two lifestyles, which sometimes seem to oppose each other completely, into one that is wonderful, set-apart, and spirit-filled. Ira and I talk about his encounter with a prophetic painter, which sparked a desire to learn more about the Jewish Jesus, the pastor who accepts his Torah-keeping ways, and the reason he started a social media account to connect people of faith to their Hebraic roots. Walk Like a Hebrew is entirely listener-supported. Please consider making either a one-time or recurring donation by visiting sheholdsforth.com slash donate or by subscribing to podhero.com where five ninety-nine a month can help support all of your favorite podcasters. And Walk Like a Hebrew is now part of the FaithCast community. Visit faithcasts.com to discover great Christian podcasts like this one to help you keep the faith. Welcome to Walk Like a Hebrew. I'm here with Ira Malone, who lives in
0: Myrtle, Myrtle Beach, Beach? Yes. Myrtle
1: Beach, South Carolina, the home of hurricanes. Yes. <laughs> so can you tell us about yourself, Ira?
0: Well, I'm originally from Alaska. My mom was actually a school teacher in the 90s at the church that we were attending there in Chugiak. I grew up in a little town called Chugiak, 30 minutes north of Anchorage. But She taught me and my brother K through 12. I grew up in a small spirit-filled non-denominational charismatic church there in chugiak and spent some time in an independent Pentecostal church for a while from there in my teen years ended up in the Nazarene d- denomination for a while and had a great time there made lots of friends was involved with the youth group but then uh, my uh, mom and dad got a little bit too uh, too wild for the Nazarenes so we went, we went back to our Pentecostal charismatic World in 2011, they were affiliated with the Assembly of God. In October of 2011, we had went to uh, what's called the Alaska Youth Conference, and there is when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And from there, I mean, I just I got wrecked for the Lord and started pursuing Him more in my life, and I was devouring the Word and letting the Spirit guide me into truth. And within the church that I was attending at that time, didn't really have a, a lot of friends. But I did befriend an elderly woman who, she was a flagger there when you worship flags and whatnot. But she was also an artist and she was a prophetic painter and she loved the Lord and she was a worshiper. But I was sitting with her one day and she was uh, drawing a picture of a heart. I think it was a heart, I can't remember, but it, it had a talit around it. And I asked her, I mean, what is that? Mm. And she said, this is a talit, and she said, this symbolizes this, and this is what, what talit means, and Jesus is Jewish, and that. And so that really captured my heart, captured my mind even, to start pursuing you know, the truth about the Jewish Jesus. So pretty much around 2012, 2013, still involved with the Assembly of God, I had started to be convicted on a few points, you know, uh, eating clean kosher was the first thing. Mm. And at first, when I told my family, you know, I'm not eating this, I'm not eating that. My mom, from what I can remember, she said, well, Ira, I'm going to cook this. And if you don't want to eat it, you don't have to eat it. You can, you can fix your own food. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, um, I met, actually met within the assembly of God that I was going to. I met two friends who I'm, I still call dear friends of mine. I mean, I will be friends with these people for a lifetime. We started to pursue uh, Torah-related things and Messianic-related things. And we started doing the feasts. We had so much fun discovering all these truths. I mean, one of my friends, would, we would spend hours studying the Bible, just hours, just reading, going to word studies, learning this from so-and-so, this teacher, that teacher, you name it. Got the hunger. Yes, we were we were going after it. So we started attending a Messianic fellowship in Anchorage for about a year or two. Got to meet Rico Cortez, if you know who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phenomenal t- Torah teacher. He talks a little bit fast. It was hard to keep up with them from time to time. I'm like, What are you talking about? But you know at the end of the day, the truth solidified in my heart from what he was teaching and yeah. love loved this fellowship, and I still do, but in twenty fifteen I was going to both the Assembly of God Church and going to this Messianic Fellowship at the same time. And I hit a a ceiling there at the uh, Assembly of God. I'm not, not because of where I was spiritually, not because of where I was um, within my faith. Just because there was abusive leadership, um, toxic leadership, uh, me and my two friends, we were just done, you know. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends left the church, and he didn't really know where to go at that point. He lived in a place where it was an hour drive to this Messianic Fellowship, and I ended up going to this missing it fellowship alone from time to time and wasn't really connecting with the people at this fellowship. I went back to my childhood church in Chugia and just joined the mm-hmm. worship team there. I just wanted to relax and get away from the busyness and the toxic leadership of my former church and just relax. It, it was good. In 2016, I had met my friend, who I'm living with at the moment here in Myrtle Beach, who was someone who had found me online, um, had similar convictions. We started doing Bible studies on Skype, and I needed a good excuse to uh, leave my parents home, and he wanted to find a roommate. So uh, I vacationed there in 2016, and I just felt this, this pull to move to the South. And through a lot of prayer, a lot of talking to my friend, so after about six, seven, eight months... Finally saved a bunch of money, sold my car, moved down, got a job almost instantly. Nice. There is a Messianic Fellowship here in Myrtle Beach. We attended one Shabbat. We didn't favor it too much. It was not really my style. And so we introduced ourselves, of course, to the leadership. But after that, we were kind of, "Eh, we don't know. So we we were attending this uh, other church in the area, non-denominational church. And I was still trying to find fellowship. We visited a fellowship in Wilmington. I wasn't really too keen on driving so far, but we did visit. So, But after about a year or so attending this one church, I got introduced to a couple that was in the area. She was a tour keeper and she was spirit filled. And so we started talking and she was a musician and a worship leader at that time. And we formed this group. And and this group was like a mishmash of people from all over the area. Uh, It was a small group, but very, very interesting. (laughs) Us getting together and just talking about stuff. We would have our opinions. They would have their opinions. And so this one couple that was a part of that group, uh, they told us about the Catch the Fire church that was in the area. I said, okay, I've heard of Catch the Fire. My church back home was influenced by them. So I said, might as well give it a shot. So after our first visit, they were meeting in a restaurant this time. Went and people were loving, gracious. I mean, very, very welcoming. And after getting introduced, they were very accepting of our Torah keeping ways. And cool. there's even a couple that attends there as well that lives with the pastors. They're Torah keepers. Wow. And so they'll come over Friday nights and do Shabbat. We'll light candles, eat challah, drink wine, <laughs> and we'll pray together. Uh, sometimes we'll even watch a watch a YouTube, talk about the scripture, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the pastor knows where we are. So he's he's accepting of it. There'll be some times, you know, where he'll say something in a sermon. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that. But, you know, he, he knows where I am. I know where he is. And he was actually over at my place a few days ago, just talking about stuff. And I think he had asked me, you know, where does, where does the Messianic stuff fit in with your journey with the Lord and all that? And I got to tell him. Cool. So I got, have a very good relationship with my pastor. That's good. So other than being a Torah keeper within a church. I'm a piano player. I play on the team there at my church. I'm a photographer, painter, writer. So pretty much a right-brained individual.
1: It's a little unusual. You know, to have a pastor that is is. accepting of Torah, keeping ways. Mm -hmm. However, he's charismatic. Yes. And I know there are a very significant number of pastors who come out of mainstream Christianity into Mm -hmm. Messianic are actually charismatic. Yes. Assemblies of God, things Mm -hmm. like that. And I think that's just because they are accustomed to following the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yes, very much so. And
1: it's not that hard to go off and do something different and unusual, Mm -hmm. or what other people might consider unusual, anyway.
0: Yes, and one of the things that I've said to people is keeping Torah within a spirit-filled life is not an extension. It's not here on the side, you know, collecting dust, and sometimes I refer to it. It's a completion of my spirit-filled life. You know,
1: yeah that's great. That is great. One of the complaints that I hear from people who came out of mainstream Christianity into hebraic style faith is that they kind of miss the emotional connection that mm-hmm. they had when they were in the in like a spirit filled church, even non charismatic ones, like even mm-hmm. in you know some of the more livelier Baptist churches, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, you know.
0: Yeah, um, the thing that I've seen within both camps, you have this camp where you know we're worshiping our hearts out, you know, in, in, in an expressive manner, mm-hmm. and then you have the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when I was in the Assembly of God, I mean, I would flow in words of knowledge, prophetic words that would that would come to pass. I mean, these these were within my spirit filled circles. I mean, this is just a thing. But then I would go to into my Hebraic roots fellowship, and there'd be hints of it here and there. But because of all the people that are coming in to the movement, these people are like not knowing where to go because okay, I came from here. Yeah. I want I wanna know the truth, but is that really the truth, right. you know? So uh, they're kind of starting from square one and really building from that. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to do that, uh, especially if you come from a background that is really abusive of the gifts of the Spirit. As a charismatic, I will tell you, there are your charlatans. There are people who will take advantage of you uh, financially. They'll take advantage of you spiritually. They'll take advantage of you in ministry. I mean, they'll put you through ministry school and now you're a ministry minion, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Been there, done that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I didn't come from a charismatic background, but mm-hmm. I did also notice coming from the church, mm-hmm. which, you know, as we know, a lot of errors were a taught lot. <laughs> there, you know, and then coming into Torah and whole Bible keeping yes. and trying to make everything fit. When I came into Hebrew Roots, I mm-hmm. felt like I needed to put the emotional relationship stuff aside for a while to set it down and mm. learn those foundations that I had missed. I felt like I needed to take a few years to just study and mm-hmm. learn. And then once I had that foundation built again, then I can go back and pick up yes. that more emotional... Um,
0: the intimacy with a father. Yes,
1: exactly. And I feel like now it's going to be a lot more authentic Yes. Than it was before, because before, you know, a lot of it was just, it was just nothing but an emotional outburst. It Mm -hmm. was, you know, I was never in a charismatic church, but I did have many friends and I went to their churches Mm -hmm. with them. And so I understood the culture, plus being in outreach, you know, our band ministry, it was just, it was kind of a thing, but I I don't know. I'm, I'm getting to a point now. So this is my getting into my seventh year of Torah keeping. Uh, Eighth year. And I feel I beat you now by a year. <laughs> you beat me by a year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm feeling this draw towards flagging. I've never right. done it. I've never done it, and I've been looking at flags on the internet almost every day, going, "Ooh, am I going to get them today?"
0: <laughs> for the feasts, um, me and my friends will go to Columbia to this one church, uh, well, Messianic Fellowship. That's very spirit filled. I mean, uh, for feast of trumpets, they had Eddie Chemney there, cool, and he was just like, "Whoa." teaching mode. <laughs> you better pack your brain today. Right. But at this fellowship, they have like all these flaggers and dancers you got your dancing over here. And then you got your flaggers over here. And then you got your shofar blowers over here, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter, my youngest daughter is 20. And she is very into Dancing. I've oh. tried to dance, but you know, the last <laughs> couple of years have taken their toll on me, and I, I, I don't want to injure anybody. So I have kind of stayed on the sidelines. But I'm getting now, like I said, I'm feeling the pull now, the draw toward more expressive worship. Mm-hmm. So you said that the thing that made you come into this walk was your lady that you were sitting with who was drawing yes. in the Talit. No. very
0: much consider her a spiritual mother because she taught me the elements of worship when it came to expressive worship. And uh, I mean, she took me back to what the word said about worship. From those concepts and ideas, I mean, I really dug deep into the reality of worship. What does it look like? What does it look like on a day-to-day level? What does it look like to a, week, a weekly level? And uh, one of the things that I looked at, the reality of the Sabbath. Mm. And the shabbat being a creation designed covenant sign uh, that marks us as God's children i mean exodus 31 and ezekiel 20 speak of this as you know the covenant sign so that really that really solidified okay shabbat's a thing it's the, and and hmm. God kept it he did he's the first one that kept shabbat so he's the example that we are to follow and if we if we come to know him if we claim to know him uh, we keep his commandments
1: yes absolutely ooh i love that okay Tell me about your social media pages that you run.
0: So I run a social media page called Tour for Christians on Facebook, Tour for Christians Ministries on Facebook, and then just Tour for Christians on Instagram. Torah, number four, Christians. And let me tell you about why I started it. Okay. So when I was in Alaska, I was at a prophetic conference uh, with some friends. It was Presbytery Day. The thing was, you sit in the sanctuary and you wait for your, they give you a number before you go in the sanctuary. And they, when they call your number, you go into a room where people hear from the Lord and give you a prophetic word. And I remember sitting there, and they were just sitting quietly, waiting uh, waiting for the Lord to speak to them. And a lady by the name of Eleanor Roel, she's a major prophetic voice in Alaska. She had never talked with me, never spoken with me, started speaking under, under the influence of the Spirit. Ira, you have been called as a teacher. Uh, you understand the Word at a deep level. And so on and so forth. And she also mentioned that I would be like a Vav connecting heaven to earth Mm. uh, as like a tent peg. And she asked me, do you know what Vav means? I'm like, I know. I had a familiarity with Hebrew um, uh, symbolism and Hebrew word pictures and whatnot. So Mm. I knew what that meant. So um, I just hung on to that for the longest time. And, you know, I loved sharing stuff on Facebook of my... Findings, but you know, hardly anyone would engage with me in conversation. I just wanted to engage with people in conversation <laughs> about this stuff. It's
1: hard to do on a on a phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, no, exactly.
0: So when I started the page, it was just for the uh, sole purpose of just sharing my thoughts. You know, I don't claim to be some brilliant teacher, you know, or someone with a PhD or who went to university or whatnot. I just find stuff in the word connect the dots in some places, and I post it. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And I welcome criticism. And if people want to talk about it, I've I had people respond to my posts, send me messages, and sometimes even uh, email back and forth. Uh, talking with people about these things. And sometimes when it comes to balancing a spirit-filled life with a Torah-observant life, and, you know, like I said earlier, that completion of a spirit-filled life, like, what does it look like to to really follow after the Spirit in conjunction with pursuing a Torah-observant life in the Spirit and nature of Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the whole thing there. So it's up to, like, 1900 something followers and uh, not that that's the big thing but you know i I love engaging with people love talking with people about this stuff especially since i don't really have a fellowship here at the moment i mean i have a few friends but really the hebrew roots movement is very much an internet phenomenon it is and it is it is and being able to engage with people all over the world is a privilege Speaking of people around the world, um, are you familiar with David Wilbur and Joshua Ensley? Yes. They were some of the first few people that I got to talk with. Uh, David Wilbur back in 2013, 2014 was involved with Passion for Truth. Yeah. And uh, Joshua Ensley, he was just a friend that popped up, you know, I don't know where, I guess. I don't know how he how we became friends on Facebook, but but we, we we've been friends ever since. And he's really uh, what I would consider if someone just came into the Hebrew roots movement. Uh, him and David would be the first two people I'd send to, like learn learn from them. And they have two websites, org, and then davidwilber.com.
1: That's a nice segue into this last question. Um, yeah, yeah. Besides Joshua and David, who else would you consider your favorite resources?
0: My first introduction into the concepts and ideas when I was first starting googling this and googling that, you know, <laughs> okay. was was Jim Staley. Yeah, he. Uh, every, everyone's seen the identity crisis video. Everyone's seen the truth or tradition yeah. video. I mean, those Light still stay, stick with me. Life changing. When I finish Identity Crisis, I'm like, dude, I'm Israel. (laughs) You know, (laughs) exactly. So I'm not just some Christian in Alaska. I'm Israel. My 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 roots go back to Abraham. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, one nineteen ministry is obviously yeah. uh, for you know if you just want to get study after study after study. I mean, they got so many videos. I know. I may disagree with them on a few points, but um, they're really good.
1: I disagree with everybody on a little bit of everything, but you know, yes. it's, it's okay <laughs> because it's it is. it is okay because I know um, that I could be wrong. <laughs> Yes. And they could be wrong, and it's okay.
0: And along with them, aside from his eccentric personality, Michael Rood.
1: You know what? I actually love him. Yes. I love his eccentric personality. He
0: reminds me of my dad. Ah. <laughs> Just, you know, opinionated. You, you can't tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then I love Monty Judah with Lion and Lamb Ministries. He has such a father heart. Eddie Chumney, obviously. Batya Wooten. Dinah Dai. Torah Resource. First Fruits for First fruits of Zion, sorry, not first fruits for Zion. And you've probably never heard of this guy, but Dr. Hutch Church, he's with Bless the Land Ministry. He has really good commentaries really? On, on Amazon. Yes, Genesis. Okay. He's a spirit filled uh, Messianic Torah observant uh, okay. believer. Uh, messianic Apologetics, you probably heard of J.K. McGee. Yep. I call him the ultimate Bible nerd. <laughs> I mean, Oh man, I bought I actually
1: bought his book and um, Which book was it? Torah in the New Testament or something. Yes, yeah, so
0: like I have that. the expanded like maximum edition. Well, I have not
1: <laughs> I, I ended up getting the Kindle version. Okay. And I refer to it often. But it's a
0: great it, resource. It is
1: a great resource. It is absolutely fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. And then lastly, um some people would put a pistol to my head for this one, but Dr. Stephen Pidgeon uh, with uh, sefer.net. Oh yes,
1: he wrote the Sefer?
0: We helped translate it. Um, some people would disagree that he translated it. Some people call it just the King James with Yahua in it, you know. Right. And I will have to say that he's not the best resource, but he he's he's got some good, cool YouTube videos uh, explaining okay. some things. I mean, he he knows his stuff. Just because he has some different stuff doesn't mean he doesn't know some stuff. I mean, come right. on. Right. He actually he's from Alaska himself. Really. Yes.
1: We well, can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No. You know, you've always <laughs> got to be able to find the, the little nuggets from everybody. I don't think I've ever come across a teacher that I thought was perfect besides no. Yeshua himself.
0: The cool thing about it is just that it has the Apocrypha in it uh, with mm-hmm. the names transliterated. And it's cool to read the story of Hanukkah in it, you know? Yeah. And then you have Enoch, Jubilees, and Jasher. Got it. Jasher is and Jubilees are kind it's of- It's disputed. They're disputed, but they're cool books. They're disputed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they are. Yes. You know what I've discovered
0: mm-hmm.
1: since I started this podcast and I've interviewed so many people? almost to a one. The reason that God set them on this path is because they asked for truth. Yes. I mean, it was really that simple.
0: I was a massage therapist for for three years in Alaska. I remember sitting in my room before a client was to come in, and this was just at the beginning of my walk into Torah. I remember the Holy Spirit saying distinctly, I'm going to teach you my word. And I was just like, you you ever have those moments with the Lord where you're just sitting there, just wow. I just heard the yes. Holy Spirit, and oh, yeah. from that point on, I, mean, I remember my last pepperoni pizza at Papa John's. I remember oh, <laughs> my, little, my
1: little my, Caesars here, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> and I remember like my first Shabbat, like like okay, I'm going to do this. I remember my first Passover it was with right. my mom, and my mom was asking me, "What are we doing?" I'm like, "We're doing Passover. It's Passover today," <laughs> and and we we went through a little reading. I watched something, and that was it. <laughs>
1: And that was it.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Laura.
1: I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to do this. I've been wanting to ask you for a long time and it took me a while to get up the nerve.
0: I'm very glad that you approached me and that hopefully I can inspire people to not shy away from our evangelical, charismatic brothers and sisters, but to embrace fellowship with them, have conversation with them. And hopefully through the Holy Spirit, you lead them into this this wonderful, blessed life of keeping the whole word of God.
1: That is just wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Walk Like a Hebrew. Please like our Facebook page at Walk Like a Hebrew and follow us on Instagram. You can find links to the resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app by visiting our link tree in our Instagram bio and on Facebook or by visiting sheholdsforth.com. Don't forget to share the podcast with family and friends. Subscribe to Walk Like a Hebrew on your favorite podcast app and leave us good reviews whenever and wherever you can. As always, many heartfelt thanks to Jack Lane for the music. If you'd like a free CD of Jack's music, send an email to jacklane at earthlink.net. May Jehovah bless you. We'll catch you next time.